Welcome to the Primal Pioneer, a no-nonsense podcast teaching you how to rewild your life and heal your body using nature's medicine kit. I'm your host, Heather Shepard, classical homeopath, author of The Sunlight Rx, and alternative healer. For the past decade, I've been helping people overcome acute and chronic health disorders and brain injuries using a 100% natural approach. Enjoy this episode and subscribe to this podcast to stay informed about your body, your health, and how to lead the healthiest life possible, even amidst our crazy modern world. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. Today I'm going to talk all about how to change your gut microbiome with sunlight and homeopathy. So really we need to start with, you know, changing our mindset, being open to change our mindset with regard to gut health. Everyone always says all disease start in the gut. All disease actually starts with wherever you're susceptible to that disease. And I'll talk more about that in this episode, but that's just that's just kind of a catchphrase we've taken on. Um all disease starts in the gut. Well, some disease will start in the gut for for people who are susceptible to gut health issues, but we can't just chalk up all of our health issues to poor gut health. Um, slightly irresponsible, and it's also um, well, it's kind of like this thing that I this issue I have with muscle testing. <laughs> um, it's like we are quick to adopt these things that give us an immediate answer, but may not be rooted in any real accuracy. So just the phrase, all disease starts in the gut, is really a red flag. It prevents us from looking at deeper root cause issues. It prevents us from exploring other areas of the body that may be at play when it comes to your health struggles. And so really we need to start by um, being open to shifting our mindset around the gut microbiome and our gut health. So what I mean by this is um, usually when there's a gut health issue, let's say there's constipation, maybe there's IBS, maybe you struggle with a deeper issue like colitis or Crohn's, um, maybe your gut is just really sensitive to certain foods. And so when these issues start to show up, we immediately go to these um, linear protocols or um, these linear treatment methodologies. So things like probiotics, right? Or adding more resistant starch to the diet or drinking more bone broth or getting on one of the the restriction diets like GAPS or API or, or something of that nature, right? So we're trained, okay, the gut is off what are some things that linearly, you know, if we Google, um, are, are going to support the gut microbiome? And so those are some, some of the most common um, things in the direction we tend to look at when there's an issue with the gut microbiome. But this actually, none of these solutions, or I should say, uh, none of these approaches actually provide a real solution to the issue because it doesn't remove the root cause of the issue. 
So, in order to really heal the gut microbiome, we, we have to get to the root of the issue. And taking a probiotic or changing the diet or getting on some type of restricted restriction diet isn't going to help us move you know, forward with our gut health because it doesn't rectify the root of the issue. So throughout this episode, I'm going to talk about root causes of gut health imbalances. Uh, I'm going to talk about why probiotics are a waste of money. And a while back, I did a whole episode on that very topic. I'm going to talk about how to use sunlight as your most effective probiotic. And that's like the biggest thing I want you to take out of this episode is this link between sunlight and the gut microbiome and how that is nature's probiotic essentially and I'll get into that more and I'm going to talk a little bit about how and why homeopathy can help heal the gut as well. So let's just start by going over some root causes of gut health issues. First and foremost, there has to be a susceptibility to the area. With any disease, with any pathology, it's going to attack you at your weakest link. So this is why some people struggle with poor gut health. Some others struggle with um, uh, fatigue, some others struggle with cancer, some others struggles with heart issues, others struggle with blood pressure, right? So where your health issues show up, we know that there's some sort of weak link here. And usually this is uh, based on generational genetics, you know, maybe somebody in your family along the line struggled with poor gut health, Um, or struggled with poor um, mental health and then these things are then passed on to you and I brought in the mental health piece because of there's such an intimate connection between the brain and the gut so there has to be some susceptibility some genetic weakness Um, or and once you're exposed to certain toxins chemicals suppressive therapies in your environment after birth then these susceptible areas will continue to take a hit until um, there's this breaking point. And then you become more and more symptomatic in these areas um, the more you uh, get to that breaking point. So one root cause before we even dive into um, some of the other areas is yet there there has to be this awareness that hey there's a susceptibility to this area number two and i mentioned this um but suppressive therapies so the more suppressive therapies you are exposed to and these are things like antibiotics vaccinations prescription drugs corticosteroids um these sort of therapies uh, place huge stress on the immune system. They basically shut down the immune system. And I'll focus on antibiotics here a little bit because this is, um, there's, there's so many bacteria in your gut. Um, and antibiotics are designed to kill pathogenic bacteria in the body whether you have, you take it for strep throat, whether you take it for some sort of rash you have, whether you take it for a bronchitis, whether you take it for a gut infection. Antibiotics are designed to kill bacteria. And there's no um, distinguishing point between, hey, I'm just going to kill 
the pathogenic bacteria and keep the the beneficial bacteria intact. There's there's no filter here when it comes to antibiotics. So they're going to kill both pathogenic and beneficial bacteria. Now, um, because there's such a growing evidence that the mitochondria play such huge roles in our health and our ability to um, produce energy, oxygen, free radicals, um, they, the health of your mitochondria determine what diseases you're susceptible to. The, the health of your mitochondria can help determine, hey, when does that breaking point occur? You know, you can have one round of antibiotics and maybe not have many side effects at all. But after the third round, then you start to be constipated. Then you start to have struggle with depression, right? So as the healthier the mitochondria, um, then that breaking point um, basically is prolonged. And once that breaking point occurs, we know that the mitochondria have been um significantly compromised. And I'm bringing this up right now because the mitochondria are a type of bacteria. And one thing that isn't widely discussed as of yet is the effect and the impact that antibiotics have on not only our uh, gut microbiome, like the bacteria in the gut microbiome, but also the mitochondria in your entire body, including your gut microbiome. So antibiotics will quite literally um, kill off your mitochondria. This is a huge red flag. It's a huge cause, root cause of, of our gut health issues today and our overall health issues. So um, I also want to mention that even if today, let's say you're in your 30s or 40s or 70s, right? And you had you were exposed to suppressive therapies as a child or in your teenage years, These the effects of these things don't just simply go away. They don't just disappear. Like maybe your strep throat went away or maybe the C. diff you were struggling with went away, right? Or maybe the rash you had um, before you took antibiotics went away after you took antibiotics. The antibiotics actually didn't just leave your system. They're still in your system unless they've been addressed. And um, so I don't want you to hear this and be like, yeah, I had antibiotics, but that was like 20 years ago. Or I had antibiotics, but I had a bunch of them when I was a teenager. And, you know, I'm 40, 50 now. So, um, you know, that's not having an, an impact. It absolutely is having an impact no matter when you had um, were exposed to these therapies. And the reason that I'm bringing this up because it's, it's really a contributing root cause of our gut health issues, these exposures to suppressive therapies, because they shut down the immune system. It's like placing bricks on the immune system. So eventually, you will no longer get intense acute infections right you won't you won't get like strep throat with high fever you won't get bronchitis with high fever you won't get um colds with high fever eventually you in our culture today um people get less and less acutes 
because we treat our acutes with suppressive therapies. And this has a huge influence on our health, especially our gut health. And so once somebody can no longer get an acute infectious, infectious disease, a cold, a flu, um, bronchitis, etc., um, once we can no longer get a high fever over 102, we start to move into a chronic disease state. In a chronic disease state is the side effect of so many suppressive therapies. There's so many bricks on the immune system. There's, there's the antibiotics and the vaccines and the prescription meds and the corticosteroids and these build up. You get to a breaking point where you no longer get acutes and now you start to enter a chronic disease state. So this is, this is really important to take note of because... Um, we don't consider this a root cause of our gut health issues today, and it's absolutely at the uh, forefront of our gut health issues today. Also, root cause of gut health issues are um, mental, emotional. We have to take the mental, emotional parameters into consideration here. So again, there has to be a susceptibility to this area. A lot of people struggling with poor gut health struggle with anxiety, struggle with depression, struggle with their mood. These things are very connected, the, the brain and the gut and the gut-brain access and all the neurochemicals that, are, um, that go between these two areas. So one, there has to be a susceptibility, but two, we have to really consider things like um, was there a past um addiction issues in the family right we need to consider was there past mental health issues in the family these things if they're not resolved in in an individual are absolutely passed on to the next generation okay and then you know we get to deal with all these things which is really fun <laughs> but the it's important to take into consideration this is why during a health history intake that I do with someone it's like we need to deep dive into okay what's the root cause here and um what were you exposed to what was what were your parents exposed to what was their physical health like what was their mental health like also there can be unresolved grief or anger or people there's some people who quite literally there's unexpressed anger they can't even they can't even get angry it's not even an emotion that they're capable of expressing right and so um as a result maybe somebody can't really express their anger but they struggle with being bloated or being very reactive to certain foods or having a very limited diet because their gut is so sensitive and so we really need to um look at these factors because the physical body is going to, when the emotions are, are unable to be expressed or if there's a certain emotion that's overly expressed, it's also going to show up in the physical body. So if the anger can't be expressed, it's going to be expressed elsewhere in the body, like the gut or wherever, whatever area you, you have a susceptible, susceptibility to. Um, so we also have to take this into account. You see, this is getting much deeper than taking probiotic and getting on a restrictive diet, okay? Number four is uh, root cause of gut health issues is a sunlight deficiency. 
So um, we know that if there's an excess of artificial light, if there's an excess of screen time, if somebody rarely goes outside or lives at a high latitude, you know, like let's say Washington State or Alaska or New York or Canada or London, these are very high latitudes that get much less sunlight than lower latitudes and we see there's much more gut health issues, mental health issues in these areas. So a lack of sunlight actually causes the gut microbiome to, um, I don't want to say simplify, but it keeps it general. It keeps it basic. It never uh, expands. It never... Uh, diversifies for uh, uh, language sake there. And, and I know I'm saying that because it can get a little confusing with a simplified gut and a diversified gut, but sunlight quite literally helps to diversify your gut microbiome. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about what that actually means here in just a few. So those are some of the root causes of why we struggle with poor gut health. Okay, and let's now segue into why probiotics is a waste of money, and this is really going to tie in the sunlight piece as well. So first and foremost, as I mentioned in the beginning, probiotics don't actually remove the root cause of our gut health struggles. Of all those top four that I mentioned here today, um, you know, having a susceptibility to gut health issues, then our use of suppressive therapies, and then any mental-emotional disharmonies and a sunlight deficiency, probiotics quite literally covers zero of those issues, of those root issues of our, our gut health struggles. Number one. Number two, we don't even know if those the bacteria are alive in the probiotic when we take the pill or eat the substance. You know, we don't know, are the bacteria actually alive? Okay, that's that's another thing to consider. But then also, let's say they are alive in that powdered form you have, which I doubt. But let's just let's just say, hey, they're alive in the powdered probiotic you have, and you take that, and it gets into your stomach lining. Is that going to be able to? Is that bacteria, if it's alive, going to be able to survive past the stomach acid? Highly doubt it. I highly doubt that. So right now, if you're like, oh my God, I'm spending so much money on my probiotic, should I just throw it away? My answer to you is probably absolutely. <laughs> you should absolutely throw it away. Yeah, it's, it's probably, probably a better call there. So those are two reasons why probiotics, in my opinion, are a huge waste of money. Now, um, we also, here's where the sunlight piece comes in. So the gut microbiome, it should not be the same 365 days a year. The beneficial bacteria in your gut should change with latitude, with the season, as the light shifts. And there are many reasons for this. And one of those reasons is because as the sunlight shifts, let's say it goes from a time of strong UVB light in the summer to a time where UVB light goes away. This is going to really determine the type of food that is 
able to grow outside of your door in your region. And so um, as the light shifts, your diet is going to shift and your gut microbiome is going to shift as a result. Now, the type of bacteria in your gut are not only um, transformed or changed or dependent on the food you eat, but is also dependent on and a reflection of how much sunlight and the type of sunlight you get as well. Nature, or sunlight is nature's ingenious design, literally for, for many of the body's physiological functions. And we have to absolutely include in that the gut flora, the gut microbiome. So the gut flora should change with the seasons um, because there's going to be different bacterial needs for different foods, okay? And this is all hopefully going to make more sense as I continue to talk about this and the different light frequencies and their effect on the body and the gut. But the gut flora should change with the seasons because during different seasons, there's different food availability and we need different bacteria to be dominant in the gut depending on the food that's in season. So let's just take, for example, summer. Summer is a time where there's a lot of simple carbohydrates available, very fast-acting, fast-acting carbohydrates, right? Simple, like sugary fruits, watery fruits, um, simple carbohydrates. These are more so available during the summer. And they require different bacteria in order to process and digest and break down these food, these types of foods. Late fall, we get into more of the dense, complex starches and carbohydrates. When we're in the heart of winter, we're, we have a primarily meat and fat type of diet that's available to us in the spring here comes there's there's more greens you know there's there's less fat on the meat there's um there has a, a little bit of a different flavor to it than when somebody's in the heart of winter all of these different foods that are available are going to require different bacterial needs in your gut in order to break those foods down, and then extrapolate them into all of the diverse roles that beneficial bacteria have in our body, including making hormones, neurotransmitters, melatonin, healing, etc. We don't even know, you know, a quarter of the things that beneficial bacteria do for our health. Um, But we know that their role is absolutely enormous when it comes to our health. So really, your gut microbiome is going to or should really vary depending on your location and what season it is. So I'll get into this why here in just a minute, but I want to talk about the tropics for a minute because in the tropics, we know that UVB light that strong UV light, that vitamin D-making light is always present all year round in the tropics. And Okay, and so there's much more watery fruits available all year round. There's complex carbs, there's simple carbs, and naturally in that environment, there's less animal fat. There's 
leaner protein available. The fish are less fatty in the tropics. Whereas we go to Alaska and we have these hearty animal fats. We have seal blubber. We have fatty fish. We have fatty salmon. There's And this is because there's literally no UVB light in that environment for a good portion of the year. And so how does nature make up for these deficiencies? By shifting the dietary, the food resource availability to a specific region, okay? And this is really important to take into account because we all say, oh, we need to have this amount of um, um, lactobacillus and we need this amount of um, bacteroides and we need this amount of this bacteria, right? And so we get very, very linear with it. And that will drive somebody nuts into the cuckoo bin because, like, it is not a helpful approach to improving our gut health. People try it. They've been trying this linear approach for years with redu- limiting their diet, restricting their diet, um, and we're not really getting to these root causes, And this is also another reason why it's so important to eat seasonally and to get your sunlight RX on. So I want to give you an example because I've been studying uh, and and just, I should say, case studying um, this one form of bacteria for several years now. There's so many forms of bacteria, but I have... One is one in particular has caught my attention initially, and that is beneficial E. coli. So we know that uh, about uh, pathological E. coli and how how that can impact our gut. But um, a lesser known bacteria, a form of E. coli, actually plays very beneficial roles in our gut. It's beneficial roles to our um, uh, mental health, to our sleep patterns, to our mood. Um, and that is beneficial E. coli. It's one form of beneficial E. coli. And so I'm bringing this example in to help give you a picture as to how important sunlight is to shaping our gut microbiome. And this is quite literally an example of one bacteria out of the, the thousands and millions of bacteria that... Um, we can have in our gut throughout the course of our lifetime. Um, So beneficial E. coli. If any of you have ever done a GI map, you can actually look at your numbers on the um, under the beneficial bacteria column. It will list as one of the bacteria beneficial E. coli. So we know if it's on a test like the GI map that it's probably pretty important but also that is probably super common in our gut. It's a common bacteria, right? So when I have a client come in and they want to do a GI map, it's not something I always require, but if somebody's really gung-ho on doing it, I'll say, okay, sure, let's do one. I have noticed this correlation between beneficial uh, E. coli and levels being low and there being mood issues, there being hormone issues, there being energy issues. People tend to be a little bit more flabby when their when their beneficial bacteria uh, beneficial E. coli levels are low. They tend to have 
uh, be a little bit more prone to depression. They tend to be a little bit more prone to mood imbalances. And so if we want a linear measurement of our beneficial E. coli levels, the GI map actually can demonstrate this. So um, I've seen this correlation with low beneficial E. coli levels and these type of mood, hormone, uh, uh, fleshy type of issues occurring in the body. And so if we just kind of like spend some time researching online, okay, what do we do to rectify a low beneficial E. coli level? Oh, there's no foods that really contain beneficial E. coli. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time. There's literally no foods that contain beneficial E. coli. So where the hell does it come from, right? So so like automatically we should think of, hmm, there's no foods that rectify, uh, uh, that that I can eat more of to help improve my beneficial E. coli levels. That's right. There's there's none. There's literally none, at least that we know of at this point in time. So, um, okay, let's keep looking down the linear rabbit hole. So then a, a common um, probiotic that's prescribed um, for people in like the functional medicine world, they can often uh, prescribe a probiotic called Mutaflora. Mutaflora is a form of beneficial E. coli that's in a powdered form. When I first started um, treating low beneficial E. coli levels, I suggested Mutaflor to my clients with low beneficial E. coli levels. Zero effect. Absolutely no effect. Repeat the GI map afterwards. Nothing changes. I was like, okay, so what, what's going on here? And so once I started to learn about sunlight and um, crafted the Sunlight Rx, I learned why this was true. And so um, we need to really understand the Sunlight Rx and the benefits of sunlight to make connections like this in the gut microbiome. And I'm going to try to talk this out here with you so you can understand it on a deeper level. So in step two of the Sunlight Rx, it's UVA light. UVA light is step two of the Sunlight Rx. And what do we know about UVA light? It um, allows us to produce T3 thyroid hormone. It helps us recycle and replenish our melatonin levels. It stimulates the production of nitric oxide so our blood pressure is regulated. And it stimulates the production of neurotransmitters and things like dopamine and serotonin. Okay? So um, we also know that 90% of serotonin is made stored in the gut but do we ever ask ourselves why this is the case like you know why why is the serotonin in the gut okay and so um what do we know about people i'm going to tie these loose ends here try to tie these loose ends here together for you so what do we know about beneficial e coli these people struggle with low serotonin, low dopamine states. And what do we know about UVA light? We know that UVA light stimulates the production of serotonin by means of tryptophan. 
okay? And so what do we know about beneficial E. coli? That there's quite literally zero food sources that contain this type of bacteria. So right here, I'm starting to connect the dots and years ago I was having these aha moments like, whoa, like this is how, that this has to be how we make beneficial E. coli. And if this is how we make beneficial E. coli, then what the, what, what other probiotics, what other types of gut flora, gut uh, bacteria are we making simply as a result of being in sunlight? So as these aha moments were coming to me, I said, okay, I'm going to implement, just forget mutaflora, just throw it in the trash. It's not even waste our money. It's like a hundred bucks for a pack of that stuff. It doesn't even work. Let's do the Sunlight RX, okay? Let's, let me implement the Sunlight RX with these individuals who have low beneficial E. coli levels. And I can tell you 100% without a doubt the case studies that I've seen in the individuals with low beneficial E. coli levels who were, are able to commit to their Sunlight RX practice have rectified these low levels. They haven't changed their diet besides eating a seasonal diet. They're not taking a probiotic supplement. What they're doing is they're getting their Sunlight RX on. And this is it was a was a huge connection for me to make i'm not sure when the research is going to get to this level i i hope it's it's you know already started and and began but um really this was a huge realization for me because this is nature's ingenious design for our gut and our gut health. It's it's one huge reason why all of the linear things never work when it comes to improving our gut health. Why somebody has to stay on a restrictive diet. If we simply change, uh, align our sunlight environment with our diet, what foods are grown in the in your area right now? Eat those foods. Get your sunlight RX on, and you're going to change your gut microbiome in a huge way. And um, the other thing I want to say is that we know from the work of Jeff Leach, who is a researcher, who uh, one of his most, um, I think, cutting edge research studies done on the gut microbiomes when he went to study the, the HASDA and their gut microbiome. So the HASDA, we know they live in Africa. They live basically naked on the equator, their guts exposed to the sun, their eyes, they're walking barefoot for the most part. Um, their EMF exposure is incredibly low compared to the rest of the world. Um, they hunt for their food. They don't have, you know, grocery stores and, and areas where the, you know, they can get any type of food any time of year, right? So they're, they're living very closely to nature. So Jeff goes in and he feeds these people the shittiest diets you can think of. You know, basically standard American diets with soda pop and candy bars and, um, uh, and he also um, administers antibiotics. So he tests their gut microbiome. He'd stool test before. He stool tests after. 
he gives them those things. Literally, the gut microbiome didn't change. It didn't change at all. And so um, we're focusing on why this happens. Like people are trying to figure out why did this happen. And I think it's pretty easy as to why this, ha- this, this didn't happen. Their gut microbiome literally didn't change. And there's a few reasons for this. And, and many of these go back to the root causes of gut health issues that I talked about in the beginning of the episode. So number one, they're getting their Sunlight RX on literally all day. There's no artificial light. They're, they're outside in sunlight with their skin and their eyes and their guts exposed to the sun. And very strong sun at that. They're eating seasonally. Okay? Um, and then also, these individuals have had, that we know of, have had very little exposure to suppressive therapies. These people aren't vaccinated. When they get sick, they're not given rounds of antibiotics. They don't apply corticosteroids to their skin rashes or eczema. They don't take prescription medications. So they don't have all of these bricks sitting on their immune system. They're they're. They, they don't have these things holding down their immune systems. They don't have these things setting them up for chronic disease. They're living in a pretty ideal environment. So what we also have to really start considering is this connection between, okay, different forms of sunlight that are available at different times of year the great importance to be in those forms of sunlight, practicing your Sunlight RX. Um, if you don't know the Sunlight RX by, at this time, by the way, you know you can just go to my site, heathershepherd.com, and scroll down the homepage, and you'll see a place where you can, you can grab a copy of the Sunlight RX. Um, so uh, we really, really need to take this into consideration when it comes to changing our gut. Now, I want to end with this last piece because I have had people say, Heather, I am eating a seasonal diet. I'm doing my Sunlight RX. I'm doing all of the right things. And I still struggle with poor gut health. Like I'm still constipated. I still have these issues with colitis. I still have these flares with my gut. I'm still sensitive to a lot of foods. So what's the deal? What, what's, what do I do now? Like, I feel hopeless. And so this is the time when homeopathy can really shine. And this is a medicine that I have come to absolutely um, love and um, devote my life to studying and learning and implementing with my clients, with myself, because I have found it to be one of the most effective medicines at removing layer by layer those bricks off of the immune system so that it can breathe once again, so that it can come back to life, so that it can actually help us move out of these chronic disease states. Now, does this happen over t- overnight? Absolutely not. This is this is not a sprint when it comes to using homeopathy to to approach chronic gut health issues. It's more of a marathon. But it's it's one of the most effective ways I have found 
to help remove these suppressive therapies that quite literally suffocate our immune systems and prevent us from making forward movement with our with our health um, until we're able to um, add in homeopathy to address these issues. And homeopathy is a very, very individualized medicine. It's not something that you can do the linear thing with where you like, Oh, I'm going to Google IBS and homeopathy. And you can do that and you'll get a list of remedies. But this is not the way to practice homeopathy. And if any of my students in the in the health coaching program are listening to this, they're probably like starting to crack up by now. But this is like, this is literally oh, oh, the incorrect way to practice homeopathy and it will not get you results. Um in order to get results with this medicine, um, there are several things to take into consideration. And one of those being that we have to set aside substances that we come become very addicted to um, because they will antidote the remedy. And I'm talking about things like any form of cannabis, psychedelics, and um, regular coffee. And while I, I think regular coffee can be a part of somebody's um, lifestyle, it will antidote your remedy. And not a day or two after you take it, literally you take your remedy, and I say you, your remedy, meaning one remedy, because that's another issue we have today. People are using combination remedies, they're taking one remedy this week, another remedy the next week, and this is not the way to use homeopathy, especially not to approach chronic health issues. So um, we have to be willing to set aside some of these um, uh, ways, uh, how do I say this? Psychedelics and CBD are quite literally destroying our health. It's a huge issue today. It's almost like uh, it's becoming its own disorder in itself. And I'll do an episode in the future on that very topic. Um, Now, let's say you use psychedelics once or, you know, who hasn't tried marijuana at least once, most people have, but this perpetual use and and reliance on needing these substances in order to get to a higher place or attain spiritual enlightenment or um, whatever it may be is causing serious um, addiction issues, dependence issues. It's preventing people from getting to the root of their issues. Um, people are, are really becoming addicted to the detox that happens in, in ayahuasca and these other psychedelics and there's nausea and vomiting and diarrhea and we think this is a good thing and um, it's not. It's a really dangerous thing that's going on right now. And I'm bringing this up as maybe this is a little bit of a preface to the episode on, on cannabis and psychedelics. But also... We need to to lay a solid groundwork in order for our homeopathic remedies to work effectively. So um, that requires setting aside coffee, and and I'm not talking about for a few days after you've done the taking your remedy, but we're talking a year, two years. The homeopathy has a very uh, it 
works on your cells. It changes the spin rate of your cells on this very quantum level. And it it will do so so for several months to year to two years at a time, if you allow the process to unfold, uh, without antidoting using psychedelics or cannabis or, you know, prescription drugs or, um. Regular coffee, these things will all antidote the remedy. So. We want to, if you're hearing this, you're like, oh my gosh, I should try homeopathy for my constipation or my IBS or my Crohn's. I highly recommend it. And I highly recommend going with somebody who is versed and trained and is a, is a classical homeopath, prescribes one remedy. Anybody who gives you a combination of remedies, that's a huge red flag. Anybody who gives you, tells you to take multiple doses typically a huge red flag unless you're on prescription meds unless there's a special case um and we really need to take the the personality into account when prescribing homeopathically it's not just based on symptoms it's literally based on okay what's the person's psyche like what what is their um sleeping habits like do they sleep with their feet out of the covers or do they sleep with a lot of covers on to some people, they'd be like, that's a horseshit question. Like, who cares? Like, I I literally just have IBS. What should I take? And we have to really come to understand that helping to move somebody towards their cure, we have to understand their mannerisms on a psychological level, on a physical level, on a mental emotional level. And we have to be able to weave all of these things together to come to our conclusion as to how to best help this person and that's going to look very unique to each individual we can't give one thing for ibs or one thing for colon cancer or one single treatment for candida overgrowth we really have to to learn that if you're a healthcare practitioner tuning in here in order to really best help our clients and to help people to help ourselves we have to understand people more deeply and come to know what, how they live their life, what life choices they make, um, and then be able to basically diagnose based on those parameters that, that are very, very holistic and holographic in nature. Bottom line, when it comes to improving the health of your gut microbiome, look at your root causes Okay, are, are you struggling with sunlight? Do you have a sunlight deficiency? Do you look at a lot of artificial light? Are there mental emotional instabilities? Are there susceptibilities in your gene line to the gut? Have you had a lot of exposure to suppressive therapies? We have to cover all of these bases um, to, to really get an accurate sense and look at the gut health and some of these root causes. And then we have to start learning Okay, how can I get more sunlight exposure? Because we know that sunlight and specific forms of sunlight sunlight stimulate the production of um, very specific gut bacteria. And I hope that this episode helped to give you an introduction as to why that is and start connecting these dots uh, between this link between sunlight gut health, and the gut microbiome.
If you're interested in approaching your health struggles from a root place this 2022, then I invite you to join me for a classical homeopathy consultation. I'm currently accepting new clients, and to sign up, you can go to my site, heathershepherd.com, that's H-E-A-T-H-A-R-S-H-E-P-A-R-D.com, backslash healing. Scroll to the bottom of the page, and you can sign up for an initial consultation. Let's get you feeling better this 2022 from a root place. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. To learn more about my approach to health, to see all of my creations in the kitchen and all of my Sunlight Rx tips, you can follow me on the gram at sunlight underscore Rx and subscribe to this podcast to access weekly episodes.